listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's me, Bart. You know, I, I guess I don't need to introduce myself. The lady always does that right before I come on the mic. But I just, I just wanted to make sure you knew who you were talking to or who was talking to you. And you know who else is here? I know. You're, you, some of you do. The rest of you, you're going to be excited. It's my buddy, John Wright. It's my buddy, John Wright. Um, hey, Bart. Hey, John. And, um, and John's presence uh, on the microphone indicates that this will not be one of those long, what do they call them? Long form interviews that, right. we're, that we are known for. This is a Q&A. Um, and so, John, I usually count on you. I, 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 actually, Q&R, right? Q and R, right, right, right. We like we like to say that question response. And the, the older I get, the more they are R's responses, and the, and the less they are A's. Um, <laughs> and the more I, I, the more I think of myself as an R hole rather than <laughs> an A hole. Um, uh, do do I sound ready? You sound ready. All right, then 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 bring it to me. What is the what is the subject? What what are we talking about today? What we're talking about today is. The fact that people have been getting released from lockdown and to the extent which, you know, in their area, they were locked down. Some people were not all that locked down. Some people were very locked down. My parents in Ireland were very locked down and they're still not quite all the way out. But people have been emerging from their warrens, Bart. And um, so the question is, you know, how is that going for people? What's the psychology of that? What are people experiencing and and what are the impacts on, you know, sort of the, the topic of our podcast, which is living the good life? It's a shame this isn't a call in radio show. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because that would be like, so out there in radio land, how are you doing as you're coming out of lockdown? Right, exactly. Got any, yeah. got any, got any <clears throat> post lockdown stories for me? But, um, but you know what? Yeah, what's because your lockdown? I, what's your post-lockdown story? Well, I mean, in some ways, my life hasn't changed as much as I wish it had. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, traveling, I've, 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 you know, I went out to see my kids mm -hmm. in California. And I've and I, and been back and forth to see my parents a bunch. And I can hug my parents and, you know, those Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Because I remember whenever your dad was all locked down and you could see him through a window. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy, he's just had a stroke. He's yeah. laying in a room and we're talking to him through the screen to in, screen of the window while it's raining. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. it was just, it's just miserable. Right. Um, but, uh, but so, so the travel thing has made a lot of deal. And like, you know, it's funny because I've gone, I've eaten out at some restaurants. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, like, I feel like I'm, I'm back. Like I feel like my vaccination and, and everybody else's vaccinations, especially the people I hang around, like, I, I feel increasingly confident in public. Yeah, like like I'm no longer like I no longer am worried. No, me either. Um, and you know, we were talking early on about some things about etiquettes and things. You know, will the handshake ever come back? Will the hug ever come back? You know, things like that. And I feel like, to a certain extent, some of that was a little naive because of course, you know, these are all, you know, they say old habits die hard and, but these are pretty good habits. And I think that during the early part of the pandemic, 
I think that we underestimated the importance of physical touch almost. It's like, you know, we orient ourselves differently as a society to get through it and to survive it. Uh, but truth be told, those are kind of important little rituals, I feel like. I went to buy a, I, 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 I got a spinning bike off Craigslist for like 80 bucks. And I had to drive over to this guy's house to get it. Uh -huh. And it turned out to be in a different neighborhood than I thought it was. And anyway, anyway the guy comes out to the car. I walk up to his garage and he just comes out and he just sticks out his hand <laughs> and I grabbed it. And like, it, it felt like it would have been like, I, I couldn't imagine like going like, ah, you know, I'm not into that anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and, and it did, it felt like a necessary social ritual. I mean, do you know where the handshake actually originated? I think it was, was it something to do with trust? Like we don't have a weapon yeah. in our hand? Or? Yeah. I don't have a weapon in my hand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, it makes a lot of sense and, to me for that reason, but you're also, but whether it's a handshake or, um, you know, the elbow bump that people were doing or the fist bump or a hug or something, or even like how they do in some cultures, you know, a kiss on both cheeks or whatever, like these are people touching each other physically, like skin yeah. to skin contact to some extent. It's kind of important, or at least I feel it is. Well, and this is the thing. I think it's all coming back. I see it all coming back. Yes. But there's a slightly, like, and maybe this is just temporary, like, shaking off the rust. Mm -hmm. But I feel like people's social interaction skills, in many cases, I feel like there's just a little bit of awkwardness. Friction? Like, like not, I, not even friction, but, like, I, the first social gathering I went to where there were a bunch of people, mm -hmm. like, we are in a backyard. And we were watching a film together in the backyard and then having snacks and stuff. One of our friends had made a little documentary film and we were watching it. And uh, after about an hour, I looked at Marty and she looked at me and we we're like, yeah, let, let's go. <laughs> like, like, and I usually have, an, like in, in, traditionally, I shouldn't say usually, I've traditionally have had, a, like I'm an extrovert and there's people and we're talking and I just, you know, Marty's finally like dragging me out of there. I'm the last person to go. And I was just like, yeah, I don't have as big. I feel like, have you ever done a thing where you fasted and your stomach shrank? And then when you started eating again, yes. you couldn't eat as much yes. food. I feel like my social stomach shrank. Dude, that's the perfect analogy for this. I feel like, you know, you, what you're, what you're describing, I think is widespread. And I think you're right. That is, that is what's going on. It's like an easing back into social situations or something like, the appetite for social situations is different because you're so used to, it's almost like that thing they talk about horses, barn shock, you know, like people are in. No, what's barn shock? So I think barn shock, I'm not a horse person, but this is gleaned, you know, very vaguely from horse people who are saying like, if you keep a horse in a barn long enough without, you know, without it going out, uh, then it won't be able to go out or it won't want to go out. And it's basically just okay. going to poke its head out and go right back in. And I feel like people are slowly, cautiously emerging a little bit. Uh, and, it, yeah. and, and it greatly depends on the extent to which they were locked down to begin with. Some people didn't lock themselves down all that much or they, or they were out, they found ways around it. Like I would say I went to the park a lot during the pandemic. So that's something that's definitely stayed with me. I went to that same park this morning. You know, yeah, yeah. People who stayed in, a lot of people, and I know this directly, a lot of people got depressed. Mm -hmm. A lot of people got anxious. A lot of people 
we're stressed out by all of this. And the immediate stressor may have been removed for many of them, but sometimes stress or anxiety or depression take on a life of its own. And so it's, 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 it's initiated or it's sparked by the catalyst is an event mm -hmm. or an experience or, or a, a situation. But then the person, like it starts to take on its own momentum and then the thing is long gone or long past and the person is, has developed patterns oh, of life which wow. reinforce their depression yeah. and, or their anxiety. And I, I, you know, I find myself wondering about people at different stages in life, how, like, how long it will take for them to recover or if in some ways some people – they weren't just temporarily muted. They, they got damaged in the you process. You think that there, there may be like a permanent, I don't want to use the word permanent, but like a permanent etching. Well, I mean, I, you know, my grandmother was a child of the depression mm -hmm. and I remember the way she was about money and the way she was about food in terms of saving food and wrapping up food and, and saving, t using tea bags three or four or five times. And like all of these things that, that came out of being, uh, being in, in, in privation, you know, having lack. And um, that stayed with her, you know, 40 years after the depression, 50 years after the depression. Yeah, yeah. Like she was changed by the depression. And, you know, bio, bio, biochemically, you know, they say that like when somebody has experienced a near starvation event, like their body processes food differently from then on and processes like, things differently wow. bodies change yeah. in that situation and i just wonder psychologically if if any of this is going to leave a mark yeah or leave a, leave leave a start at least and, and, may, and maybe not a gen, maybe not one that will pass from generation to generation but but at least for this generation like i think about your son who's 18 and who just graduated high school after a year of his like covid was basically his entire senior year of high school yeah and and and, and i just think I remember my senior year of high school and I, I particularly remember the second semester of my senior year of high school when everyone knew like the grades had all gone off to the colleges. Mm -hmm. You knew where you, you pretty much, you knew where you were going or at least you'd done what you could do and everybody relaxed. Yeah. And also this awareness came that we were going to, after growing up together, we were all going our separate ways. And all of a sudden everyone in my senior class in the last two months of school became best friends. And we're like, oh man, you were, I had no idea what a cool guy you were. I wish I had known this earlier. And like people, like people related to each other differently. There was an openness and a right. And that was a really formative moment for me as a kid, as a young person, recognizing that, oh, other people, how you perceive them has a lot to do with the circumstances that you're in. And like, there were there could be really cool people that you're missing out on because you're not looking at them a certain way or because you're under a certain kind of pressure. And when that pressure comes off, you could see these people very differently. And that was my first adult experience with, oh, you know, and it made the world seem bigger and more full of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And I go like, wow, and Tyler was on Zoom. Right, the entire year. Yeah. What and, and so I go like, does that change the way he shows up at college? It it has to, right? And at least in some way. It feels that way. Yeah. And does, you know, and does the way he shows up at college 
Does that shape the way his freshman year work, room, work relationships go? Which for many people then ends, ends up, you know, when you talk about people, what were the determinative relationships? Oh, yeah. Under, it was people I met during on my freshman hall, or the people that I met at you know my freshman year when I was on this team or in that club, right? And you go like, well, if he shows up with it without that magical vibe that I picked up my senior year, and and maybe that was just me, but like I talked to a lot of people about their senior years of high school, and the, and and you know that idea of like all of a sudden my my class everybody became friendlier with each other. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a universal experience. Right. No, I think that's I think that's a very very good point. And you know, he right after graduation when it was finally everyone was there was a final semester Bart where everyone got back together in person and he said it was like they all realized how much they'd been missing all year. Because there was no, like, during the lockdown, we haven't lived long enough here in the city either for him to have really created all these friendships that would be so, that would be, would be super pivotal uh, uh, remotely and that kind of thing. Uh, so he was a bit lonely for sure during, maybe a bit is underselling it. You know, he'll, I mean, I suspect it might take for some time for him to reflect on that. Um, but he said that everyone just kind of all of a sudden started doing things. You know, they would all go out to like, you know, the park together, like they'd all go do things in this final semester where they all realized we've been missing out. That makes so so much sense to me. And then I think, okay, here's, here's the real mind twister on that one. Mm -hmm. When you say it that way, I go like caravan, the, the humanist community that I'm yes. a part of in Cincinnati that we we've started a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. that thing was buzzing and it yeah. was going wonderfully before COVID. And so we did what all other communities tried to do at the in the first six months is we tried to do it virtually and stay in touch and had connection points and and it failed famously. Like people lost energy for it. And 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 I talked to friends who were in parts of more long-lived communities, and there's many of them, they just they they figured it out. And, and, and I reflected on this. I thought, our people liked each other, but they hadn't had enough time to become part of each other's lives. Like Tyler didn't have enough time right. to really be connected enough that those relationships would survive that long distance thing. You think about it like, like um, a tree or something, like putting down roots. There wasn't enough roots there. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, so, and so, yeah, right. And, and so our caravan thing the leadership team who had known each other longer and spent more time together, those relationships survived. Mm -hmm. But the relationships of the people within the group with each other and, and people were angry and bitter. They were like, I thought this was my going to be the community that would get me through. And like, yeah. our community sucks. And I was like, our community doesn't suck. Our community was just too little, too, yeah. too young to, to, to weather that storm. It was fledgling. Yeah. And it'll start over again. But you got to rebuild it. And some of the people that were there at the beginning that were so excited about it, they won't come back because they feel it let them down. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame them, right? But like it wasn't anybody's fault. It was a timing issue. And that's the thing where like Tyler, his relationships were at a certain point and some of them just weren't strong enough to, to, to weather the COVID storm. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of people that are going to find themselves on the other side of Maybe people who had moved to a new city right before COVID, you know, people that had started a new job right before COVID. 
and so they had they they've known people a long time, but the, the 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 growth of the relationships got stunted. And the question is, does it just restart, or have you missed your magic opportunity? Like, yeah, is there a, yeah. is there a moment of openness? Right. No, that, that's a good that go- that's a good a good question. And you know, are you talking about my son? I'm thinking about your granddaughter, whose first what couple of years of life was marked by a pandemic. She knew four people. The entire time. She knew, she knew her parents and Marty and I, like during that time, like, and, and you know, she just didn't How old have... was she when the pandemic hit March last year, March, 2020? Okay. So she was born in January of the year before. Of 19. So she would have been a little over a year old. Yeah. So for, so from basically one to two years old, uh, all of those things that you're that you're learning from being around groups, big groups, and being around playing, in playing society. with kids at playgrounds. Um, yeah, you know, going, you know, like exactly all that stuff of like, how do I interact? Meeting strangers. Um, she just, she just didn't get any of that. And, so you and know, boy, and then so you wonder, you wonder, like twenty years later, is she a different person than she would have been without the pandemic? Like, do, is she more family oriented? Because she's because she had those early experiences of being locked down with a family. I don't. I don't know. What I do know is developmentally, as our brains form, there are certain things that have to happen at certain times, or they don't happen at all. Like like I, I remember they famously they took kittens and they they covered their eyes mm-hmm. for like six months, and then they took them off, and the kittens' eyes had all the right physiology. There was no reason why they wouldn't work, but those kittens never saw correctly and their brains didn't develop the right way because it turns out that things happen in sequence. Your your, your genes get activated or turned on in sequence and they screwed with the sequence. And there's a, like, I'm always like, I think my sequence got interrupted. Yeah. And and you're right. Like maybe it'll make her amazingly more well-adjusted and, you know, or (laughs) like, all I know is like when I take the, yeah, but take like it, it could be it could make the difference between an extrovert and an introvert, say, or it could make the difference between someone who's very um, social social butterfly and someone who's very like insular family oriented or something like that. You just never know. And also, it it sort of puts in my mind the resiliency of humans and how adaptable we are. Because I think, you know, like you talked about the depression or, you know, I even think about like, you remember that movie Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah. And they, and, and it showed like little kids playing in the sewage, in the sewage and stuff like that. They're as happy as any other kid at that age. Like they don't care. They don't know the difference. And I do think that there's a lot of resilient, there's a lot of like adaptability in human beings, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't want to be a catastrophe. I'm, I'm not catastrophizing this. I, no, no, it's, no. Just, it's just like I'm just like, and I'm not. I'm not optimizing no, it either. Opt- it's like, optimizing I wonder, it. <laughs> I wonder. All I know is like it's this huge science experiment, and and it's early yes, days. Yes, yes. And so, I, so, so, but what I do know is I can see like when with that small stomach thing, where like I can see it, its impact on me. Right. The other big impact on me is I was doing so well, John, at not being ruled by my phone and mm. not spending too much time online. And I, I, I have continued to resist social media, mm-hmm. but I became like a guy who, who looks at those clickbait stories on Yahoo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I know, I know a lot about Britney Spears um, emancipation <laughs> hearing. Right. 
that I don't like, and I'm like, I'm embarrassed that I know, like, <laughs> right. you know, about you. And Jamie has recently testified. Yeah, yeah, I like, I, I know I, stuff about that. I know, and I like, and I have watched more, like, more European soccer highlights. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I Premier I, League. Are you watching Premier League? Yeah, Leeds United. Go team. Okay, there um, you go. European Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, all that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Right. Like I can tell, I and, you know, and I've always been this way with trivia, where like I can tell, pe- I, like if you say to me, like, so who's the assistant coach of the Louisville Cardinals in 1967? I go, like, oh, that would be, and I'm, and then, oh then when I, then when I say it, I go, like, I'm so embarrassed that I know that, or like, who is who played the bystander in that Tarantino movie? And I go, like, oh, that was Kathy Griffin. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. Like, no, my girlfriend the is the same way. She's like a fount of pop culture knowledge, and, and, and like, I'm embarrassed by that, like, because yeah. because like, <laughs> I can't remember things that I really care about. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, but, but the point is like the screen. So won. tragic. The, the, yeah. And the, the screens defeated me in COVID because in COVID I was like, look, what else am I going to do? I have a right to this. And I, I didn't read as many books. Well, but you're so, and what, a lot of your social connections were happening over Zoom. A lot of your and, stuff. And then you would hang up the, you would hang up the social connection and you go like, gosh, I wonder what's happening with. Uh, Netflix, uh, mm-hmm. or I wonder, you know, but all, but also Bart, you were in in grad school and you were doing all of that at home for the most part. And so you would think that I would have, as soon as the screen time, mandatory screen time was over, I would run in the other direction. But instead, I just each time I opened up, people my are going to be so disappointed. The, the Bart Campola, the one holdout that they knew in their in their lives at all, it's so has sad. given into the screens. It's so sad. Is that the headline here? No, because I mean, I remember when I was talking to Hank Green and I was just like, yeah, I just don't. Yes. I just don't do that. And he was like, wow. It's like, I'm just very different than you. And like, right. we relate to people differently. And I was like, now I called Hank and I go like, hey, you know, have you seen any good memes lately? Because uh, you know, I've got a few for you. Right. And it's just so, so that that to me, like that was, that was a real, and I think like, what if you were raising a seven-year-old? How could you possibly oh, say to that gosh. kid, "No, you can't watch"? Well, I feel like you you guys probably did really well with with Maya, just as far as the screen stuff goes, because you're so conscientious about it. But I think that well, it, my, my, and my daughter and son in law are con- are the same way. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is, COVID made a difference. COVID made a difference. Yeah. Whatever that you're right. Whatever that battle is, whatever that conversation is, COVID made a difference. And I know it because it made a difference for me. And I I want to believe it's not a permanent difference, but I I I you know, I really need to get back to Ted Lasso. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. there's gonna be a Ted Lasso too. So you're you're uh, I, I know, I know. I, and can I just say that as far as the screen's winning, if 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 the, if the cost of the screen's winning was that I got to know Ted Lasso. <laughs> It was so worth it because that man and his and his community have changed my life. No, that is some screen time that we can highly recommend to our audience. Absolutely, watch Ted Lasso on on Apple TV Plus. Um, what about the economy, Bart? So, I mean, I'm thinking about the impacts on that. We now have very recent sort of like expert. Um, forecasting of like this roaring 20s or like this amazing economy, low unemployment, you know, and, and new era. What do you think about that? And and do you think it matters for living the good life or or not? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I've, I saw that stuff, but I also know that like the cost of everything is higher now. 
Oh my gosh, and I can't afford a house. A year ago, I was thinking I could afford a house in my city. I was going to buy this year potentially. Um, I now cannot afford a house here. Yeah, that changed. At least not yet. A piece yeah. of wood is expensive. Right. In a way it was, yeah, like, so I, the, the economic impact, I mean, back, back when it, COVID started, I thought like, you know, I think that this could crash our economy permanently. Mm -hmm. This could be the beginning of the great collapse. And now people are like, it's going to be a bullish market. It's going to be yeah. great. All I know is I don't know, but um, I, I have had this weird experience where a lot of plate, like I've called a lot of, like I, I had to get my mom's car fixed mm -hmm. and I couldn't find a place that would take it within two weeks because, and they all said, yeah, we can't get anyone to work. Right. They're just, they're, I've they're heard just, numerous explanations for that. One of them is like the government money is still rolling. And so people are not that keen to get back to work yet. I could see that PPP loans you know, even just by themselves, um, ha, ha, I know I know a lot of people who have been sitting around a lot lately because of PPP loans. I actually know some people like that business, people running their own businesses, you know, and and stuff like that, and they're not all that keen to get back to work because uh, of that. That's a very that sounds like a very Republican explanation of things, but um, you know, I'm I'm the opposite of of a Republican, and I I do see the point. Uh, well, and so I, and, and but also. There's a, there's a little bit of a reckoning here because I, I had a young guy that I was working with last year, and 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 the more he and he was struggling with his with work and he worked at a kind of a me, a job like a grocery store mm -hmm. job and he hated it and he just assumed everybody else hated their jobs and he was like nobody does anything but work for money and he, and he, he was discouraged by the kind of jobs he could get and he was just very discouraged about his prospects but I remember thinking to myself. This guy's whole concept of work, like the idea of work as a form of creativity or work as a form of expression, um, for so many people in our in our world and in our economy, it's not that way. And you know, I don't know if you saw the recent article about how Jeff Bezos has designed Amazon, um, Amazon's workspace, so that people will come there and work, but then they'll leave after two or three years, and. Because he's like, people don't work as hard at any job after two or three years. So it's like, I try to, they try, they, they would try to force them out. Basically, wow. they make life miserable for you after a certain period of time. There's no, there's no more promotion for you because they don't want to build a permanent workforce. They want to always have people cycle in and out, cycle in and out. And I just thought like that whole work thing is really different now. Mm -hmm. And I think so that when people got a chance to not work, for many of them, it wasn't a loss of meaning because the work wasn't providing a lot of meaning. It, it wasn't meaningful to begin with. Yeah. And, and, and if I had Johan Hari back here, he would say, oh my goodness, yes. Like people feel disempowered at work. People are alienated at work, like alienated labor, all that stuff. And he would say like, you know, work is, that kind of work depresses people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so- so, I mean, one of the things, I guess here, here, this might be a good way to kind of like summarize or wrap this up. I have, a, I have this question about, um, I don't know if you remember, it seems like such a long time ago now, but at the, in the early days of the pandemic, a lot of, a lot of focus was on this idea that you could capture something magic in this moment. Um, you could recenter your life. You could take up a new skill. You could do, you know, you could um, get into books that you never had time to read. 
th- because people were not at work and because you didn't have to necessarily go to the same breakneck pace, you weren't in the rat race anymore, so to speak, to use an old term, you know, but like, where are we now on that? Do you think, and, 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 and also are there things you can keep if you were able to integrate anything useful in that period of time? Are there things that you can, uh, can some of this stay with you? It's funny. It reminds me of Esther Perel, the, the sex Mm -hmm. therapist kind of person. Um, and I remember her saying, the way that marriages work now, the economics of marriage, the longevity of marriage, the nature of marriage, the egalitarian, it's just like the way our society has been shaped, the best marriages are better than any marriages anybody's ever had. But the middling marriages are worse than they used to be. Mm. Like, like, like the, that, that this, this setting works for some people and it works just the opposite for other people. And like, I think when people were locked down with people who they really have a genuine connection with, or they really had a genuine affinity for, there are a lot of people that said, you know, I rediscovered my family. I rediscovered my wife or my husband or my kids. And I'll never, I never want to go back to being, to living as separated as we were. Like we really connected. And so I think like for, for, for people, it's like that total, uh, yeah, Tolstoy, you know, all happy families are the same, but each unhappy family is unhappy in its own particular way. And I think that for the happy people, for the happy families, the lockdown drove them together in a way that was really good. I, I know that for other people, it wasn't as beautiful as that. Um, and they did, but, but what's interesting, I think that the point I'm trying to make is like, I think that most of the, I saw life in a new way thing and I, you know what? Some people felt that way about their families. Other people felt that way about baking. Mm-hmm. Other people felt or, or exercise. Like I think some people really did have transformative experiences that cha- that re- that they thought like something beautiful came out of this for me. Yeah. Um, but I think I think some other people they got locked down with people, and and that was really that really made them feel bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Know, so yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that. It didn't affect everybody the same way. I guess in my mind, I'm I'm thinking about the, I'm thinking about people who maybe didn't grab a hold of that moment the way they wish they had, and I guess I still feel the possibility of the of the magic of it in a way. Like I still feel like it's not too late. You know, to a certain extent, there are thing there, there are things there. You know, people talk about like, oh, I you know I took up gardening. I made my backyard into like a little haven. You know, where it wasn't before. Well, if you didn't do that, you know, it's not like your back garden isn't still there. You know, no, in and, need and, of, a, of an over an overhaul. And and maybe this is another hopeful thought is you cannot have your kid watch any social media. You can not have them even have a phone. They're still affected by social media. Right. Because every kid that is around them yes. is, is, is there. And so it shapes the culture around them. Well, on this sense, on this sense, if a lot of people start picked up gardening, there's more conversation about gardening. So if you picked up gardening now, there'd be a lot of fresh enthu- freshly enthusiastic people yeah. to, to share that with you. Yeah. yeah, or, or, yeah. Or, or or bicycling or 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 book clubs and things. And so there is a lot, like to the extent that fresh energy was connected, was created, even if you didn't 
have it happen for you, this is a fertile time to jump in on some things because mm-hmm. there's a yeah. lot of other people that are just a few steps ahead of you and they're excited. Yeah, because it's amazing how how normal things feel around here, at least where I am. Again, it feels c- kind of like normal, but yet I think the opportunity for reset is still there. I, I have conversations now where I uh, you, people are doing things a little bit differently sometimes, and so and they're thinking a, about interesting. They're thinking they're like the whole basis of this conversation is we're like, yeah, I'm feeling like things are back to normal, but like it still feels a little different. So like, yeah. what's going yeah. on there? And so that that. I'm thinking about it. I'm reevaluating what's going on. Yeah. That in itself, people thinking about why is life the way it is? Why am I the way I am? What do you think is affecting my kids? Why is my work the way it is? What, what do I do during the day for it to make a living? Yeah, all of that stuff. I think that conversation is in and of itself. Like the, if, if the moment creates a moment where people are asking the question of why are things working the way they are? Why am I feeling the way I am? I think that's a, that's 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 an opportunity. That's a wonderful opportunity to 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 create conversation. I do too. I do too. So, are you are you guys going to restart Caravan? Yeah, we are. We are. We're going to restart it. Nice. In, in, I'm at, glad at to hear end, that at the end of August, and and I'm super excited about it. It's going to be different. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna go at it differently because like it got broken up and and that gave us a chance to reevaluate. We're gonna try it a little bit differently, but yeah, we're you know, so even I mean, on that, it, it it remains true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, so I think that's it. And yeah, I guess for me, optimistically or hopefully or however you want to describe it, um, I think for even for our podcast, like we're a podcast in which we're talking about how do you make the most of your life. Mm-hmm. And the number of people that are asking the question, what, what works? What, what, how do I make the most of my life is way higher now than it was a year and a half ago. And so that's an opportunity for us as a podcast, but just for us as human beings, like for all the listeners, like all of us are in this conversation together trying to go like, Hey, if this is the only life that we have, how do we make the most of it? Yeah. And there's a lot more room for that conversation right now. And so we should, we should celebrate and enjoy that at least. Absolutely. Well, if you see this, um, this article, this, uh, episode posted on social media, if you see it on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, let us know you know, what you're doing at this time or how you feel about this conversation and how the pandemic went for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank, thanks, John, for talking. And thanks to all of you for being part of the Humanize Me family. Uh, it is, it, it, the, the podcast was helpful to me during the, po- during the pandemic. And I got lots of letters from people saying it was helpful to them during the pandemic. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing where we go from here. Yeah, me too. All right, man. Catch thanks, you later. Bart. Catch you all later on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search humanize me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. 
Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. You could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars. You can live all you ever wanted. Cool.